Welcome to Star Wars in Poor Taste, an AIPTcomics.com podcast. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Star Wars in Poor Taste, a podcast where we talk about uh, the latest news in Star Wars with comics and books as our main focus, um, but pretty much everything else as well. Um, This is a podcast that was started by myself, JJ Travers, and two of my fellow Star Wars fanatics, Jim Lehane and Connor Christensen. Uh, We are all three members of adventuresinpoortaste.com. It is one of the uh, best pop culture websites you can find. We issue the most weekly comic reviews out of anyone, anywhere, period. Uh, We cover cosplay, television, movies, toys, uh, pretty much anything comics related. And, of course, Star Wars. Um, So the three of us have a big passion for Star Wars, and we've always talked about on the site uh, maybe doing something like this. We thought we were going to do just a Star Wars book club and talk about it, but it kind of evolved into talking about really everything Star Wars. But comics and books will have a strong focus here. Um, So my two co-hosts, Jim and Connor, why don't you say hi, guys? Hi! 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 Um, so we're just going to start off tonight's episode with giving you a little bit about us, um, and our love for Star Wars and how we got here. Connor, you're the youngest. Why don't you start us off? <laughs> um, okay. I'm the, uh, I'm the little, the, the, am I a millennial or I don't, or Gen, Gen Y, Gen Z? I don't know. Uh, I'm 25, so that makes me the youngest. Uh, but yeah, my, my love for Star Wars stems for, um, stems from my, my earliest memory ironically enough, is going to see A New Hope with my family, and obviously not when it first came out in theaters, but when they re-released it in 1997. Uh, I was four years old, but I very much remember my stubbly little feet dangling off the, the movie, theater, movie theater seats and, and watching the movie, so I've, I've kind of always been drawn towards Star Wars. I've always loved it. I've always been a huge fan. Uh, for the website, I mostly cover comics. I actually don't cover Star Wars that much. I've mostly just been a fan and not t- too much of a critic. Um, I am kind of the resident Dr. Afra fanboy. Uh, not to plug my own article, but I did write an article about why she should be in the movies, so check that out. Um, it was a great article. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, So yeah, that's kind of my thing. I'm, I'm the younger voice. Uh, um, and uh, just a big Star Wars fan, read most of the comics, and uh, super stoked to get this started. I guess I'll go next, since I'm sitting in the middle between you two and old, venerable Lahane. Um, <laughs> I am the... At least I got venerable in there. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to lessen <laughs> the blow. Um, yep, yeah, so I, I'm the event coordinator for AIPT Comics. Uh, huge Star Wars fan. I reviewed uh, The Last Jedi for the site, um, as well as um, Solo, a Star Wars story. I read a lot of the comics, not as much as Connor. Um, I just read Thrawn Alliances as to Jim. I can also remember the first time I saw Star Wars. I was five years old at a family cookout at my aunt's house, and I like didn't feel good or something, so my aunt put 
a new hope on for me. And then I proceeded to watch all of that, all of empire strikes back. And then my family left. And I think I threw such a fit about not being able to see return of the Jedi that they let me take the VHS tapes home with me. And from there, you know, it spawned into this lifelong obsession. I have a star Wars tattoo, star Wars stuff hanging on my walls right now, star Wars patches, um, the comics, the books, all the films played tons of the video games, I plan on going to Star Wars Land when it opens next year. Uh, It's definitely been a lifelong passion, and it's great that um, I have two guys on the site that I get to have a Star Wars podcast with and talk about it all the time. It's just great to share that passion with people. Woo! All right, I guess it's my turn uh, as the elder statesman of the group. So I I was born uh, during the original trilogy, and so therefore I was not able to watch the original trilogy growing up But uh, uh, when it first came out. But I did watch it repeatedly growing up with my sister. But that was not what really got me deep into the the Star Wars world as it is. Uh, When I was probably about uh, 12 or 13, my sister knew that I was big into reading. And she had the... um, heir to the empire and uh, so she's like here why don't you read this i know you like star wars and and you like to read so i started reading it and i really got into it and she had the second book and i read that one and from then uh, from that point on i have read every single star wars book every single star wars comic i've played almost all of the video games through and i own all of them and so that is where I am currently sitting is within a mass of books, comics, and video games, along with all the movies and um, my, original my original VHS, VHS tapes of the, the, movies. the movies. Now, Connor, a VHS tape is this box-like thing that you stick into another box-like thing, and it um, makes pictures and sound and, and moving things. Fascinating. It, it seems very heavy for, yeah. for a yeah. movie. Yes, it, yes, it's it's like sh- it's like streaming, um, but without the internet. I actually I do remember probably when I was like nine or ten getting the uh, the the digital digitally remastered VHS set of the original trilogy, um, and it came in that 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 it was like this massive box, um, and I remember it had like the the silver sleeve on. Anyway, I do vaguely recall what a VHS is, but. They still seem like a foreign relic to me. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can see uh, three versions of the Star Wars trilogy on VHS from where I am sitting right now. And yeah, so I got you, them on my shelf, too. Yeah. And so uh, currently I take all that information, take all the stories, and I like to timeline them. I like to place them in order where they go. And so I do have my own Star Wars timeline as well. Um, Star Wars Timeline Almanac dot com, uh, and which should get a big update shortly, uh, with the last two years or so worth of uh, canon stories that have come out. And I also review all of the novels uh, on AIPTComics.com, dot um, at least all the adult novels that come out. Yeah, when people are asking me about, I was telling people like, "Oh, I'm doing this this Star Wars podcast. I'm super excited." They were like, oh, like, who's doing it? I was like, well, we got this guy who writes for our site, Jim. He's essentially the the walking encyclopedia of Star Wars, and he knows everything. And then we got JJ, who knows a little bit less, but knows a bunch. <laughs> and it's the charismatic host. And I'm like, then you have me, the young sort of village idiot who's going to make bad jokes. <laughs> Talk about how much you 
wants a Dr. Aphra movie and really not offer much more to the conversation. No, that's not true, man. You know a lot. I know, yeah. I, I, I dabble. I dabble in the wars. And you shouldn't call yourself um, the village idiot. Let other people do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk Star Wars, guys. Let's dig in. Let's talk about some Star Wars comics. Um, you guys just want to talk about out of the new breed of comics what you're actively reading or what your favorite is what do you want to do well we've got that uh the age of star wars announcement that disney made and and how they're they're doing i believe i read today it's going to be a 24 issue series i thought they were going to be multiple series but it looks like it's going to be one 24 issue series that has the age of the republic the age of the rebellion and then the Age of the Resistance, and it's going to be split across uh, three different timelines. I don't know the... That is super cool. Oh, who who was the artist? It's the same artist who's doing the ongoing Star Wars series, right? Oh, yes. Um, starts with a C. Um, if only I had... It's not LaRocca, is it? Is it Cam and Cooley? It is Cam and Cooley, yeah. I just got up from my desk and was like looking at my Star Wars graphic novels. <laughs> Where is it? Um, but yeah, he does a fantastic job. He, he really draws the characters with so much uh, like life to them. So I'm really excited. And I know at least one of the re- uh, writers is going to be uh, Tom Taylor. Uh, and it seems like... Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. He, I believe, is doing the Age of Resistance. He'll be taking on the sequel trilogy era stories. And uh, he's one of those weird comic book writers. He's one of the very few that he has a major title at both publishers because he's doing X Men Red over at Marvel, which is great. But this isn't a comics podcast; it's a Star Wars comics podcast. We won't dive into that. Um, but then he's also doing the Injustice Two comic at DC, which is also really good, and a lot of people really enjoy. Uh, and then he's obviously he's doing this new Star Wars series, so. I'm very excited for that. Uh, I think it's awesome. We haven't really gotten a lot of prequel stories from Disney, save for the Mace Windu comic, um, which I'm happy to talk about right now because it was the only Star Wars comic that just... um, That was trash. It's just utter trash. So bad. It's really tough for me to give a Star Wars comic book that type of rating, but I read issue one and... Like, I, I never like to be too critical of an artist because I know, like, it's got to be incredibly difficult to put a comic together. There's a lot of pressure. You got to please the fans. But the art just, it didn't look like it was from a professional artist. And it just, like, I, I put in my, my review, it looked like there was literally a panel where Mace Windu was missing the bottom half of his face and his hand was drawn on backwards. Like how did that get past the editor? Like how did that make it to print? Like everyone's heads were different sizes. The eyes were different sizes. There was wild inconsistencies. I remember there was one panel that was really good and the rest of the comic, the art was awful. So I'm like, what happened here? And then what happened everywhere else? Yeah, it was it, my way of judging art in a lot of comic books is is how well does the action flow. Um, a great example of good action flow is the Wildstorm, which I talk about all the time because it's fantastic. But it just it flows incredibly well together, and it's like watching it's like looking at a storyboard. And with that Mace Windu comic, you couldn't follow 
any of the action. You had it was so chaotic and it just never it never flowed well. So that that was the one Star Wars comic that I felt like I wasted money on. Yeah, the uh, that one in particular, I actually can't tell you anything about what it's about. It uh, completely, I, I, I am blanking about it at all. I had uh, fallen behind on the comics by about two years. And so I recently, over the last like three months, uh, caught up on all the comics. And so that if, if they're good, they kind of stand out in my mind. But that one is like a complete blank. I had heard before I read it that it was um, kind of meh. And so I feel like that's kind of how it went through my mind is eh, that wasn't that was all right um but the, yeah that that's all i could, that's all i can think about i made it i made it one issue did you make it further connor i read i read the whole thing oh because i was disappointed because there was two new jedi that i wanted to know more about but i was like i cannot read this book i was gonna say the only positive of that series was i and i'm blanking on the character's name but there was the blind jedi he had this this cool duality towards him where he was willing to say, like, I don't like what we're doing. We're just not going to do it anymore. And obviously Mace Windu was like, that's not the Jedi way. Listen to us. Um, but I liked how he kind of introduced this idea of, like, hey, we're not always doing the right thing. Now, granted, that was one good story thread uh, in a <laughs> an overarching arc that was nothing but Jedis fighting droids for the sake of fighting droids. So... It was ultimately a forgettable series, but uh, we can move on and talk about the the plethora of awesome Star Wars comics that are on the shelves right now, like the the ongoing series or or Darth Vader or Doctor Aphra or Poe Dameron. There's so many good Star Wars books out right now. Yeah, um, it's it's hard to pick because Poe Dameron's giving you this really cool look at Black Squadron before the films and. Um, They've introduced a couple of new villains that are super badass, as well as a few new resistance heroes that we haven't seen in the films. So I'm like, either this person's going to die or they're off doing something and maybe they'll get reintroduced in um, the third film of the trilogy here. And then Vader is so good and it's adding like new Sith lore, like we're getting new pieces of Sith lore. And I feel like the Star Wars universe at large isn't making a big deal out of that, and it's crazy to me. Like, when I read the Vader comics and there's new canon in front of me about, like, why kyber crystals are red and that type of thing, I'm like... So cool! Yeah! bleed. It was like, oh, that's so metal! Well, that, that came from the Ahsoka novel, and, the, and they, yeah, and they expanded on it from that. Yeah, I think that was such a cool like idea that that really makes I don't know, just it cemented Siths even more so as these horrendously evil people, and I loved it. Oh, sorry. Um, just circle back really quick to Mace Windu. It was Rissa, uh, Meno, and Proset or Proset Dibs. Those were the two new Jedi. It was Proset the blind one. He was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was a good character. He was this. He was the small saving grace of that series. But, uh, no, with this new Vader comic, I mean, like, even the first volume of Vader uh, by Kyrian Gillen was, was awesome. Was, was, I mean, it, it brought us Vader down, and Vader down was so incredible uh, as, a mini, as a little mini event. But even the second volume of Vader by Charles Sewell um, has just been so good. And like you said, JJ, bringing in so much 
so much more Sith lore and like diving into the Inquisitorius and and what they're all about and 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 how Vader constantly challenged them is so awesome to watch and it's great to see Disney not just brush the the comics off as kind of marketing materials. I think it's easy to take the comics and be like, uh, we'll just tell stories that don't really mean anything and people will buy them because it's Star Wars. Instead, Marvel and Disney are taking these Star Wars comics and they're giving us uh, substance and and they're making some really big strides in these comics and I love yeah, it. I think I think it's it's taken them a little while from when they first started cuz when they first when Marvel first started I really did not like the comics. Since the reason that I took the 2 year break is cuz it just they just weren't doing it for me. I loved I loved a lot of what Dark Dark, Dark Horse had done. Not everything, but a lot of what they had done was really, really good. And some of my favorite uh, Star Wars stories of all time. And Marvel just felt like they were kind of playing it safe. And the stories were kind of meh. They're okay. They weren't bad. They weren't great. Um, But I feel like they're starting to get into their own as um, time is going on now. Yeah, the, uh, the Scar Squadron. That was introduced in Star Wars, the Star Wars main uh, title. I think they were introduced in around issue 18. Um, I think that was the moment for me. That was the issue for me where I was like, okay, they're really like they're really hitting a stride right now. And this is where the series is really starting to pick up speed. Um, And then from that point on, it just uh, it's just been really awesome. This most recent arc by uh, Kieran Gillen again has been awesome. Oh, he's killing it, man. He really is. I think he's a very underrated Star Wars um, creator or lore master or whatever you want to call it because he has done so much great work in the comics just making new characters and giving us new story arcs. And everything. Yeah, his Afro run has been so entertaining. Yeah, and I... So, being the Afro fanboy, I feel terrible because I'm... I think I've told you guys, but I'm like six issues behind on it right now. She um, dies. <laughs> yeah it's a it's a clone who's in there now it's, uh, it's real crazy turns out she's also a kenobi and she's also ray's mom it's uh it's really my and dad <laughs> they're not really sure what they're doing with her so they're just throwing her in everywhere <laughs> it's it's pretty fantastic um but yeah i know i i know they switch creative teams in um, as far everyone's been telling me, like, no, it's it's still great. So I need to I need to catch up on Afra. But she's a great character that that Gillen, um, Karen Gillen, brought in along with her her two droids, Triple um, Zero, um, uh, and I'm blanking on the uh, the, the BT next name. BT. Yeah, Triple Zero is such a good character. So unsettling with the. The, the the fact that he turns into a crime yeah lord. i'm i'm not sure how much i liked him as a crime lord it just felt like weird like well i think that's why it worked cuz he wasn't traditional like just like humming along as he's like sawing someone's hands off and being like oh my the blood is everywhere and just you know having having bt like squirt like napalm all over someone just so casual about the whole thing I love it. It makes him unnerving. It makes him seem like a psychopath, which is, you know, he's fun. not bad. He's just drawn that way. Yeah, he's he's the anti C three PO. He's he's the 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 reverse of C three PO, which I love because I I have I have some some opinions about C three PO, but I'll, I'll so so have they had a confrontation yet? Has that happened yet? 
There was in Vader Down, I believe they bumped into each other very, very quickly. Um, because at one point, Triple uh, Zero saw C-3PO and decided like, oh, if I, if I make myself look gold, we can trick Luke into thinking I'm C-3PO and then I can poison him and bring him to Aphra and Vader. So they had like a very, but I don't think there was a full blown confrontation between. Yeah, because I know three PO has that like droid network that um, he uses in Poe Dameron to like smuggle that um, droid that has information on um, what is that criminal gang that Poe gets tangled up with for quite a while there. Oh, the one that the um, I'm blanking on the bad guy's name too. He's he's got. Um, like a mohawk, he used to be like a warlord, yeah. and and he now runs with the first order, and eventually becomes like a quasi cyborg. Yes. All right. Now I'm gonna start pulling graphic novels off the shelf. Here we are, people. Star Wars experts. Just have to <laughs> Google things really quickly. Helps when you look it up first or second. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> You, I can hear his books flipping in the background. Like, I'll find it's it. Like, all my comics are now sealed and in uh, um, their little baggies, and I ain't getting it out. It's, once they go in there, they're not coming. Terex. Terex, yes. Agent Terex. See? It only took me like 15 seconds, but I got it. That would have taken a normie like 10 minutes. Yeah. So suck it, normies. <laughs> um... But yeah, so Terex is awesome. His whole warlord background and like when they go to that planet where he used to be a badass and he like reforms his gang and forms like a pirate fleet and goes out on behalf of the First Order like trying to destroy the Resistance. And this is before the First first Order is like acting in the open really. So they're like, uh, no, don't do that because the Republic fleet's still around. Um yeah, there's a lot going on in that story. I don't want to say more and, and spoil anything, but it's awesome. And the the oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say the the Poe Dameron comic for me took a little bit to really hook me in. I, I like enjoyed the first couple issues, but I wasn't like I, I was kind of like oh, this is entertaining, but it's not important to read. But over the past probably like six or seven issues, Poe Dameron has become this this comic in the Star Wars canon that has really given you insight into the sequel trilogy and what's happening and who some of these characters are and where they were during the movies. And I think that's awesome, especially when it comes to uh, Black Squadron, because when I was watching The Last Jedi, one of the thoughts I had was, wait a minute, where where's Black Squadron? Um, because, I mean, and it's also because there were some like kind of notable actors. You had the... Um, Jessica Henwick from uh, Iron Fist and Game of Thrones was in Black Squadron, and then J.J. Abrams' buddy, who I'm blanking on his name, Greg. He's got the the beard. Greg. I know who you're talking about. It's like I like those characters, so I was I was looking for them in in the Last Jedi. I'm like they're they're gone. Like what happened? I love how this recent uh, arc of Poe Dameron is diving into like oh no no here's where they were. They were actually doing important things. Um, so I think Poe Dameron is slowly. Not weaseled, I'm th- I was going to say weaseled its way, but kind of like worked its way into being a, a an important Star Wars comic to read if you're a, a complete... Yeah. yeah, I mean, you find out about squad members like Snap, um, that alien who's got... Yeah, Audi, like there's so many characters, like in those brief clips, like when the Resistance first arrives and they're fighting um, the First Order and when they're attacking um, 
Starkiller base, like, and you just, you know, just like in A New Hope, you just see these clips of these pilots. Well, now you find out who these pilots are. Yeah, and um, Poe Dameron's one of the only comics during the sequel trilogy besides Phasma. True, true. There was also that uh, one shot um, about DJ from the last. Oh yeah, I re- I re- I remember that one. That's another one that almost falls into the realm of Mace Windu. It was, it was very okay. <laughs> it was it was exception- it was exceptionally. Moving. Well, it was just one of those things. Like I, I, the way my mind thinks when I'm reading these stories is that if you do not give me a time frame exactly right off the bat, I'm reading this entire thing trying to figure out when it takes place the entire time. Unless you tell me right off the bat, and that entire comic, all I can think of is like, when the hell does this take place? Is this just some like random throwaway story? But I'm pretty sure it's what led him to be in jail. Um, yeah, and that that was literally the only point of the whole story. Um, uh, I'm, why am I reading this? <laughs> exactly how I felt. I finished it. I'm like, oh, like that was. I I feel duped. <laughs> and. Before we move on from Poe, I, I just feel like I need to say this for anyone listening. Um, Charles Soule rewrote Poe Dameron. Uh, I think it was issue... What issue was it? I think it was issue like 15 or 16. Because at the time, uh, Carrie Fisher had passed away. So he rewrote an issue as a tribute to her. And it's incredible. I'm not going to lie. Someone might have been cutting onions when I was reading it. Um, and, and it was right around. It was very sounds, fresh. She had just passed away. Why would you cut onions out. while you're reading a comic? That sounds terrible. You're going to get up, onion Jim. juice all over your comics. Were you making a chili? A vegetarian. So onions could have been in a <laughs> chili. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Poe Dameron comic has, has been great. Um, as we've we've div- dived in dove um dove there we go <laughs> see like i said village idiot uh but there's been some some great one shots uh there was the the beckett one shot i don't know if you guys caught that uh stemming out of uh solo and i was actually pleasantly surprised with how much i enjoyed that beckett one shot no i i did not even know that was a thing i'm definitely going to check that out though um there's been one shots and then there's been like little mini series as well. Like screaming Citadel was one of my favorites. Yeah. I liked the, the Beckett one shot. I liked that. We got more, um, background material on, um, Oh, what's the, the two, two, his two sidekicks, uh, Tandy Newton's character. Yeah. And then John. Yeah. And so like, I liked that we got more in them because I felt like, like we got, kind of gypped during solo and didn't get much of them and and, and i like that the one shot kind of delved more into their little uh gang yeah I, I really liked it and that was uh jerry dugan took on that one shot and i liked the way he he broke it up into chapters so it was just a, a standalone issue it was five bucks so that probably means it was around 40 pages but by breaking it up into three different chapters not only did he did did it feel like this this long, uh, really uh, exquisite story, but it also made the uh, the difference in artists make sense because it was three different artists who took on that book. So when you you ended one chapter of that issue and then you went on to the next, it was a different artist, and and by breaking it up into chapters that helped. 
But it, yeah, like you said, it also just it dove into those characters so much more. And it by the time I finished that that book, I remember tweeting out and being like, "This needs to be an ongoing series. Like, I wanna, I wanna keep following Beckett and his crew's adventures." Uh, it, it was Val. Val. Yeah, Val. That's it. And um, Rio Durant. There we go. Yeah, I liked yeah. how it, that that breakup of the three parts really like sunk it as a western style because like Han Solo is a western character that like. That is what he is, and, and uh, they they could go back and do more films with those characters, like before they made it to Han Solo. Like what happened with Beckett and his crew and um, the gang. Um, uh, what the other one? Um, Crimson Dawn. Yes. Like what? How did he? How did he first get hooked up with Crimson Dawn? Like how did he get hooked up with Rio and how Val? He, like, the, like the confrontation of him and Aura Singh would be fantastic. Oh, oh yeah. Cool little like little Easter egg in Solo. <laughs> I'm glad you killed her, Shy. I owed her a lot of money. Well, I didn't kill her. The fall killed her. <laughs> I pushed her. Yeah, that was cool. Um, but yeah, you know, we got things like that where it's just like the universe is begging to be expanded. And you know, like so many people complained, like, oh, they they got rid of legends, like so much history so much stories it's like well they, they can create it again like we're getting these great new characters introduced like you gotta give it a chance to see that like solo is a perfect example and like coming out of solo i thought the most interesting character for me was kira because she is left on corellia captured by the gang in this awful the situation and then the white worms and then three years later she's the number two member the lieutenant of this gang with um paul bethany's dryden character voss. dryden voss this like psychopath that teaches her um well she actually learned from maul the martial arts i forget the name T- of it but, um, oh, there we go. how can you not yeah. how can you not See, know we're all this. filling in nerds dude whatever video game a terrible star. I don't own that one. That's one of my. Uh, that's one of my white whales. Alright. How can you not own that? <laughs> I don't know. But point <laughs> is, you know, Kira has this insane journey, and it's just totally like, yeah, she's in this position now. And like, I get it. There's no time to tell that story, but I want to know that story. I want to know how she became this like super confident smooth badass that worked her way up to the top of this really ruthless and dangerous criminal organization that's being headed by Darth freaking Maul like that's a great story that could be told in novels it could be told on film it could be told in the comics and I really hope they go back to it it's I mean that's just another reason why the the financial um disappointment of Solo makes me so sad because it I, I got out of Solo. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so far, I've enjoyed both the spinoff movies immensely. But I got out of Solo and went, oh my, they were setting up a, an entirely new series. Like they, I thought they clearly wanted to explore the underworld and, and the criminal dealings of the Star Wars universe. And, and I thought they did a great job of setting up, fu- like you said, setting up future stories. So I'm really hoping with, with Solo being available on... Uh, uh, digital streaming services now and you can buy it on blu-ray next week uh i hope it takes off and i really hope everybody who didn't go see it 
buys it or rents it or whatever and it makes money because it it sets up stories that I I really want to hear and I or really want to see and I know a lot of people when Solo came out said like oh like we don't need to see Han Solo's origin story which I agree we didn't need to see it but that doesn't mean it's not incredibly entertaining so I, oh, so much fun I, it was so good and it captured it captured for me why I have always been drawn to Han Solo. Han Solo is the reluctant hero. He doesn't want to be the good guy. He doesn't want to be the bad guy. He just wants to get what's his. And he's always drawn into these situations where he either can run or he can be the hero. And he chooses to be the hero. And I've always, I know, I've always loved that about the character. And I think Solo is a natural leader. He is. He is. And and there was one scene in particular. And somebody made it a gif, and it's one of my favorite gifts. But when when uh, Lando Calrissian tosses him the blaster on Kessel, and he catches it, and he turns, and he assumes that classic solo stance. Oh yeah, it was great. If this were a video podcast, you could see me doing it right now. But oh, that's the moment every time I watch that movie, I'm like, boom, there he is. That's that is Han Solo right there. That's my- there was a few moments. It it was on the um the poster. A bunch of the posters had that pose, and when he he was leaning, you know, in in the doorway on the Falcon, talking to Kira in that in that signature pose. And like the thing is, all these critics of it that are talking about um, what the hell is his name? Um, Alden. He was never gonna be what you wanted him to be because the shoes he's trying to fill it's impossible you're not going to be as good as harrison ford it's the most iconic nerd character arguably of all time it's you can't do it but that can like taking that into consideration he still did an amazing job and i feel like he succeeded the most in those action moments like when he said punch it i got some goosebumps going and i don't want to make it like a solo podcast here but because we've done that already (laughs) Yeah, but um, you know, I think if they had just waited till Christmas and let the hubbub about the Last Jedi die down more, then it wouldn't have suffered as badly as it did. Plus, like people equate Star Wars with Christmas, but yeah, we should we should move on to something else. Unless well, I, you guys I, have one I, last I, point. I just wanted to put in my two cents on Solo. I know that I was I was rather yeah, down on the movie when it first came out, and no, I have not seen the movie again, nor have I listened to the audio book yet. Uh, that's the ne- next book on the docket. But as time has gone on, uh, it, it, it has gotten to the point where, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing it again just to kind of see where it um, was it really as bad as I, I thought it was, which I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was okay. Uh, I didn't think it was great. But um, or is... Um, was I was I just being a little harsh on it? Because I feel like going into the movie, I was one of those, why do we need this movie? I don't need this movie. Uh, and that that may have changed um, over time. All right. So um, there is one last comic that we haven't talked about. Uh, the graphic novel for which just came out, and that's Thrawn. So I didn't read this comic book because um, I read the novel and I picked up the first issue for this and I was reading through it and it was just an adaptation of the novel. So with how much I enjoyed the novel, I I was like, this comic has zero chance of being as good and I don't want to 
be biased against it because of that. So I'm just not going to go forward. I just got like four pages in. I was like, nope, not doing it. Well, luckily, lucky for the comic adaptation, I believe it was Jody Hauser who did it. Um, and she does a fantastic job. She has done a few different adaptations of a couple different major franchises. Uh, I believe she's doing the Stranger Things comic. She is. Yep. It's New Tales. It's not an adaptation. It's um, what happened to Will while he was in the Upside Down in season one before they rescued him, like how he survived that whole time. And that that's that's very rad. That's uh, this isn't a Stranger Things podcast. Sorry, I was about to be like, wait. What? Yeah, she's got a talent for it. She also recently started a StarCraft series. Um, so she's taking all these major, major franchises and stepping in and either adapting or writing new stories. And there's no way you can be an expert on that many franchises. So she's definitely very talented. Yeah, and I I hadn't read the the Thrawn novel, so I picked up the comic series. And it did did it end at issue number five? Is there an issue number six? Um. I feel like there's an issue number six as they they all like the very few of their comic series have only five issues. Yeah, so I think I'm missing the final issue, but it it was something that as a Star Wars fan I'd I'd known who Thrawn was. I knew that he was an alien from an unexplored area of the galaxy who rose to the top ranks of the Empire, and that's really all I knew about him. And I had so many people telling me, like, oh, my God, he's this fearsome villain. He's he's incredible, and he's, he's one of Star Wars' best villains, and he's just unexplored. So I finally, when, when they announced the, the comic adaptation of the novel, I was very excited. And I finally understood it, that, like, he is, and uh, credit to my dad for, for giving me this analogy, because he gets really mad when I don't give him credit for analogies he makes. So I'm giving him credit now, because I know he's going to listen to this. You're welcome. <laughs> there you go. You old bastard! But so so, sorry, everyone. Connor's gonna work out his issues with his dad here. (laughs) But uh, no, he he is kind of he's kind of a dark Sherlock Holmes. He is the smartest guy in the room. He's gonna figure out every angle he can before he 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 makes a plan of action, and that's what makes him such a terrifying villain. Is whenever you see him step into a situation, you know, like okay, Thrawn knows everything that's going on right now and he has a plan that accounts for every different possible scenario he's like like sherlock holmes or batman if however you want to look at it he's he's very much basically he's six steps ahead yeah exactly and 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 his villainy lived up to the hype for me see i don't i don't view theron as a villain like even when i read the original novels uh here we go jim you can make fun of me um having trouble recalling the name of the series it's the thrawn trilogy yeah but wasn't there's, there another there's name never for it, a name for it trilogy? um and so it's just usually called the thrawn trilogy okay either way um i i guess i did kind because of, i was i don't know like 12 or 13 when i read that but i guess i kind of did back then but especially now when i look at thrawn i don't see him as a villain because there's there's not like evil intentions behind his decisions and his actions. He's just doing what he thinks is best. Um, and it's not, you know, I want to kill and destroy the resistance or I want to, uh, I'm going to go murder <laughs> like a group of younglings like Vader, or he's not like Palpatine who's, who gets off on like the suffering of others. He's just, you know, I have to scout out the rest of the galaxy for the sake of my people 
and protect the Chiss race and the Chiss ascendancy. And to do that, I'm going to rise to the ranks of this military. And when you read Thrawn uh, by Timothy Zahn and you read Thrawn Alliances, you can really see that. Like, he's he's not... Nothing that he's doing is because he has b- bad intentions. It's because he honestly believes that what he's doing is for the greater good. Like, he sees the Empire as the ruling government that's a, a, at large keeping the galaxy at peace. And he does things like stopping smugglers and solving crimes and um, putting down resistances and, like, restoring governments and rescuing people. Like, there's actually a lot of good that he does. So... I've never really seen him, except for when I was younger, in that villain light. So I think in the like the legends, um, in the legend stories that Thrawn, he was a bit more of a villain. He was very smart and calculating, but he was much more, um, or, or much more evil in his intent. Where I think when they when Zahn restarted him for the canon. Uh, continuity they changed that and they made him much more uh, conscientious of his own people they gave him the fantastic motivations and i think that he is more perfect now than he was in the legends continuity and that original theron trilogy is one of the best uh set of star wars books that have ever been written and i think and i think they've even done him better now than he was before than he was before Mithra Naruto. The That's the, the audio book of Alliances was fantastic with that, where uh, he's talking to Anakin, uh, and he's like, "He's like, my name's Mithra Naruto," and he's and Anakin's like, "Yeah, Mithra Naruto." He's like, "No, you're not saying it right," and they keep going back and forth with the the pronunciation. Oh and, yeah, it's so good. The, <laughs> the audio book of that is just like it's perfect because it's just a little different the way he's saying it that it's it's just hilarious and th- and there's a quote um from the new novels that i think really like speaks to his character there are things in the universe that are simply and purely evil a warrior does not seek to understand them or to compromise with them he seeks only to obliterate them and i, I think again that speaks to thrawn's personality like it's very much like a a martial prowess of honor and intelligence and strategy. Uh, And he treats foes with a lot of respect, not with like, I want to, you know, harm them and cause um, physical pain and malice. He's, he respects a good foe and, and it comes down to honor for him. And that's really to me what his character is all about. And I think that quote like really encapsulates him. Yeah, that's really like the first novel, the or the first canon novel, Thrawn. Um, it was all about his uh, his Moriarty. Um, the I don't remember the character's name, but that that was the entire novel was him just trying to track this one guy down. And I feel like the new novel, it was like Night something. Yeah, I really not a clue. Um, what it? Yes, Night Swan. And I feel like yes. like comparing like the first Thrawn novel to Alliances, they're such different books because he doesn't have this nemesis in the new book in Alliances. But it's more of him trying to work with Vader 
when they're such different personalities. Yeah, um, the first book is, you know, kind of like Connor said with the the uh, comics, it's introducing you to him and his motivations, and you get to see his rise through the Imperial Navy, uh, you know, from like lieutenant to commander and captain, all the way up to Grand Admiral, which is what everyone that knows the character from Legends knows him as. Uh, and then that's like the culmination of the story, and you find out, more about his chiss motivations as well um but yeah alliances works between two timelines it exists during uh, the clone wars era with anakin skywalker and thrawn when he has nothing to do with the empire or really the galaxy outside of the unknown regions at all he's kind of on a scouting mission and then it's kind of running parallel to modern times where as you said it's vader and thrawn working together and vader as you may know has no patience doesn't want excuses just wants results the most easy direct path to getting those results and that's at odds with thrawn's warrior philosophy oftentimes because it'll put his men and his and the women that are serving under him at risk and vader just doesn't give a shit, but thrawn very much does and i think again that helps illustrate that his character is not evil he just happens to be serving someone who's a psychopath. Yeah, the uh, the the first book, Thrawn ran right into season three of Rebels when uh, Thrawn was introduced in Rebels, and then this alliance is kind of kicks off at the end of season three uh, after Thrawn lost to the Rebels on uh, at Chopper Base, and so it kicks off right after that. And it's kind of funny listening to Vader every time like he gets annoyed with Thrawn. He's like, "Well, you lost to those Rebels." <laughs> oh yeah he totally throws it in his face yeah and you get to see Thrawn's loyalty to the Empire and the oath that he made to the Empire and his loyalty to his people the Chiss really being tested in this novel with how far he'll go like how far he can be pushed uh, and there's also the introduction of some new aliens from the unknown regions um I don't think we're going to see anything necessarily in the films. Maybe we will with Ryan Johnson. I don't know because he's got a trilogy coming. Um, but it does, like we were talking about with um, Solo, it does introduce new characters, new races that could possibly lay the groundwork for who knows, new films, new novels. It's expanding the universe, which is always well, What a good I thing. love about this whole era, I love the Unknown Regions. I think they, they have being called the unknown regions in in the, the the timelines because it's one of those like we'll make this area a mystery and it's what really has fascinated me it's like i love that these new aliens and stuff and now you have batu which was a prime focus within alliances and they're talking all about batu and batu is on the edge of the unknown regions and it's basically what or not basically, it is what um, the Star Wars lands, uh, Galaxy's Edge, is located as Batu, And so since you have this new theme park opening as this Edge the Unknown Regions, I can see them really exploring this more to get more people excited, even after the park opens, that, oh, I want to go to this, because how can they not put this park this this landscape in a movie or TV show? It's, it, it just... It, it, 
begs for it where people are going to see this on the in a movie or on a show and they go i want to go to that oh wait i can yeah or or it'll be it'll be the reverse where they they go to the park and they go like well wait a minute i don't know anything about this this land this region and then it'll pop up in the in the the movies or the shows but i think you're absolutely right it's 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 kind of just a matter of time like okay this this the unknown regions are going to make their way into the new disney canon they have to at some point and i'm really hoping with that thrawn comes as well i really want to see him on screen it's going to be a hard character to get right but um i think disney has done a a pretty good job so far well they they brought him in on rebels um and and they also and the way i think about it is so so they brought him on him in on rebels they've also brought in uh maul in both clone wars and the and rebels and if they were willing to bring Maul back onto the big screen and and bring those storylines from the animated series onto the big sp- big screen, it's only a matter of time before they do the same thing with Thrawn. Like Disney has shown this willingness to take what they're doing on Disney XD and bring it onto uh, their larger properties. So I I mean I, I think it's it's totally feasible. So you also have this aspect of Snoke. So at the end of Rebels, spoiler. Thrawn gets sent off into Lord knows where. And you have Snoke, who is in the Unknown Regions. That He is established as being from the Unknown Regions within the Aftermath novels. And so he is out there. Thrawn is from the Unknown Regions, possibly sent back to the Unknown Regions. You can have a mergence of all these characters together at some time period between the sequel trilogy and the original trilogy. I'd love to see it. I mean, I see Thrawn being at odds with uh, a Snoke type character, but he wasn't at odds with the Empire, at least not yet. I mean, it's it's new canon, so he could end up being at odds with the Empire at some point. We don't know, but I would love to see those stories. But as far as we're aware, he's gone. Like he is away from the Empire until the Empire's gone. Guess we'll see. Um, so, I think Connor, you brought up Resistance. Is it you? I brought up the XD, sh- the the Disney XD shows, and Resistance is the the next one coming up. Yeah, why don't you uh, bring us into the trailer? Let's talk about the trailer. Yeah, so I I've never been the biggest fan of the Disney XD stuff. Um, I've I I never finished either series. Um, hand up. I don't know if that makes me a bad Star Wars fan. I don't know. I'm not a fan of like gatekeeping like that. Um, but they just I don't know. To me, they always felt very much like these are kids shows for children, and they brought awesome revelations to the to to Star Wars canon with them. But they just never really struck a chord with me. Um, and we saw the first trailer for the newest show, uh, Resistance, which, if I'm not mistaken, is it's directed by Filoni but it's not written by him or something I think like it's that. overseen because he is the head of all Lucasfilm animation and so pretty much any animated show like Forces of Destiny uh, wasn't really his show at all but he is the head of animation at Lucasfilm so it's kind of uh, he's just the higher up on it so he-, uh, he, he, he actually created it it's directed by um, Amy Beth Christensen Oh, it's a great, it's a strong last name. Real good last name. <laughs> so he's the creator, and 
um, executive producer. It doesn't say um, who wrote it, but I'm, the only credit here is directing and writing. So I'm guessing if he's getting creative credit, he wrote it? I don't, think I don't so. know. I think he may be just the, the person who said we should do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think I, I don't know. I'm still I'm very on the fence with it. The the art style to me, the animation style, it, it feels kind of kind of anime ish. I don't I don't know. I I don't. Really oh, it has a very Japanese feel to it. Yeah, and it's just I've it, it's and I'm not hating on anime. That's just never been my thing. Um, and then plus the some of the voice acting felt a little little robotic to me. Uh, I don't know. It's just that that first trailer didn't really sell it for me. Uh, there was that idea of like, oh, they're they're these daring pilots who race, and that's cool. And I I remember thinking like it'd be cooler if they were pod racing. Um, so I don't know. I I'll check it out, but I'm I'm not entirely sold by. Race. You are literally probably one of only like two people on the planet that I know of who would request pod racing in anything. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> die on the hill. That pod racing was cool. I. I still love that pod racing scene. I think pod racing was <laughs> badass. There's uh, Star Wars Annual Number Four has pod racing in it, and it's so, like I, I'm I'm not ashamed. I love pod racing. I think. And that was the last podcast Connor <laughs> was ever on. He's actually deleted off the end of this one. If you wonder where he went, folks. Uh, so I had I had watched everything. I've watched all of the Clone Wars, all of Rebels, unlike some people on this podcast, and. <laughs> Like Clone Wars, I never. Uh, it's gonna be a long <laughs> podcast. The, the Clone Jim. Wars, like I couldn't really get into it. Like I would w- literally wait like a month or two before I watched any of the episodes. It's they, especially with their story arc format, I never felt drawn to watch the show all that much. And even the later seasons where it got pretty good. I never was really ever all that excited about it. But then when we come to Rebels, I loved Rebels. I loved everything about Rebels. Um, Maybe that my daughter was older now and able to watch it with me and we got into it and we liked the characters and everything about the storyline was a continuous storyline where it wasn't these jumping around stories. And so I, I, I was really excited for Rebels when it kept going. I liked Rebels more than Clone Wars from probably episode one on. And then, like the preview for Resistance comes up, and I'm right there with you, Connor. The 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 art, like I like anime, but the art felt unfinished. Like there's missing shadows or something where they 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 needed three rounds of rendering on the characters, and they only did two. And so I know, like, the, the, the animation style of Clone Wars took a while for me to get into it. And I just said, I saw the preview and I said, this is going to take time to grow on me. But I'll, I'll, let it, I'll let it happen and see where it leads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with you on Clone Wars. There's actually a guide, on um, an official guide. Well, not official, but as official as I can get without being signed on by Disney. Um, that was made on what episodes to watch and which ones to disregard that will kind of give you the cohesive storyline that rebels has continuously. And that clone wars is, is very spotty with. And when you follow that, it's a lot more enjoyable experience. Uh, it definitely got way better towards the end. 
Uh, and Rebels was amazing. Like, there's so much good stuff. Like, Savage Opress and Maul storyline. I loved that. Um, Boba Fett stuff was really cool. Uh, Ahsoka was probably the best part of it, I'd have to say. But I think my very favorite moment from the entire series was obi-wan and maul's reunion on tatooine of oh of rebels you're mixing up the because savage press was in uh clone wars and so oh, like mistake. i'm trying to follow him like which which series are you talking about but yeah no the uh that twin sons episode was uh some of the best stuff and people were complaining about that online so much and i'm like no it was wait a minute star wars it fans was, complaining yeah, i know i'm like it was perfect. Like the, the that episode ended perfectly. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, but yeah, I, the art I saw it, and my initial reaction was like, "What?" But I felt the same way about Clone Wars, and I it grew on me pretty quickly. And there's seasons of Clone Wars that I love to just rewatch because of how good they are. Um, I screwed my shows up before, but as I said, Darth Maul and Savage Opress, like that whole storyline in Clone Wars was amazing. It was so good to watch. Um, and, you know, Oscar or Isaac, Adam Driver, and Gwendolyn uh, Christie, as Poe, Kylo, and Phasma, respectively, are all going to guest on it. So that's really cool, knowing that we're going to get a little taste of that. Yeah. Uh, and it's new characters, and it's and it's new stories, and it's a new part of the universe. I- you know, right after Return of the Jedi, like, who knows? Will we see Mark Hamill as a big surprise? It's possible. Yeah, I really hope they bring in, like, Rose Tico. Like, bring like kind of give a middle finger to those, uh, the people who drove her off uh, of her social media. And, like, bring, bring her and make her a major character, too. Yeah, that'd be nice to see. Um, Wouldn't she be, like, a toddler at that point? Or no, because if Poe Dameron's like a fully fledged pilot it's it's like 20 years in the future never mind ignore me it's only six months before the For- force awakens yeah so she'd be a, a fully grown adult never yeah mind. she uh, based on my my understanding of her timeline it's a little confusing on when she exactly joined but she joined fairly close to uh the force awakens and so probably about six months would be about the time she joined the resistance well, what's interesting here is none of these people have been seen in Force Awakens or um, The Last Jedi, so and they're acting as spies, so you have to wonder, are they all dead? Are they still in the First Order? Have they infiltrated it? Are they off in some other part of the galaxy? Like, if it's only a six-month period, then what happened to all these people? Eaten. Eaten. <laughs> They're in the Sarlacc pit. They'll be digested for tens of thousands of years. Which really doesn't make any Until sense. Until Boba Fett breaks them out. <laughs> it sure doesn't. Um, but yeah. Oh, and speaking of which, we're talking all about um, Rebels and Resistance and Clone Wars. New season of Clone Wars. It's finally getting its finish. Oh, yeah. the That was at San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, you were there. I was. I wasn't at that panel, but there there was no joke, a thunderous applause that you could hear even on the show floor. It wasn't like super loud, but there was just kind of like, hey, did you guys hear that? And then I checked Twitter and it, it, it says like the, the Clone Wars is coming back. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, it's the um, 
uh oh it's it's a big battle and i'm blanking on the blanking on the battle that they're gonna talk about but uh yeah we're getting commander cody and his squad yeah it it should be incredible and a big finish i'm yeah i'm i'm pretty uh i'm interested to see what they do because they said there's only going to be 12 episodes but you also have those eight episodes which they released online, which were the 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 not the fully rendered episodes, where the I I could even only watch four of them because the characters just kind of floated around and the voices the mouths didn't move, and so it's kind of throwing me out of the episodes. Um, but I'm wondering if they're going to count those as part of this twelve or or what they're going to do. Um, and I can't. I'm trying to think of what that battle that you're talking. I know exactly what it is, and for some reason, it's not, um, it's not coming to mind. I know it has to. It has to do with. I feel like we've had. Lorians, but I can't. Yeah. It's a, the battle that Ahsoka's at. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's driving me nuts. We've had this problem all episode. We're rusty, guys. We, we really are. We got to bring it all together. Uh, but either way, that should be fantastic. Um, we have Solo out on blu-ray next week yes right yep um some episode nine castings this is a little bit old news but billy d billy d um he was at boston (laughs) comic-con he was he was looking like he was enjoying some beers i'll say that um he showed his age he's 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 looking older for sure so i'm curious how that's gonna go um carrie russell i like her honestly like i can't remember the last time i saw her in anything though so whatever i'm not really excited about that one way or the other um she's fantastic in americans um i've never seen it it's a a great show but i i don't know i think i think she's an actress who's really good at depicting duality uh you know flirting that line between good and bad and being both good and bad at the same time I think it's easy to speculate about her character and be like, she's going to be Ray's mom. Um, but I think I, that's too easy to me. Um, I don't know. I hope she's some cool bounty hunter chick. Um, or Yeah, that'd be so, cool. Uh, Siege of Mandalore, the throw it back. And, um, there it is. And, and Carrie Russell cannot be Ray's mom because we have already um, established who Ray's mom is. Oh, right. Dr. Afra, duh. Yeah, we, we knew that. Mom yes, and yes. <laughs> and millions of Last Jedi critics cried out the, in terror. You mean the greatest movie of the entire uh, series? Yeah, drink it in, fellas. <laughs> I can feel your hatred. <laughs> um, but the biggest announcement that came out that I am super excited for was Matt Smith. I so want him to be an evil mo- for sorry, sorry, I'm swearing a lot, but he's so good at being like a creepy evil monster and I really want him to see see him like my hope and this is totally like fanboy theorizing whatever moment. I want him to be like one of the surviving members of the Knights of Ren and then just just total like dark Jedi slash Sith because they're not traditional Sith under Snoke from what we've seen. You get it. I just want to see him be like Kylo's counterpart, like maybe even Usurper, just like super evil. So is Matt Smith one of the doctors? Yes. 
All right, and that's you have heard my extent of Doctor Hugh knowledge, just 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 laid out in front of you. It's really good. Well, I, wa- watch I watched I watched move on. five minutes of one episode, and that was enough for me. I, I'm the same way, Jim. I've I've had a few different people be like, "Oh my god, you would love Doctor Who," and uh, about yeah, about five minutes in, I was like, mm, "Nope, not for me." You guys got to be careful. The people listening to this show, they're they might be nerds. Not a crossover. Oh, you can like Doctor Who. I don't yeah. really care. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to hate on you. It just wasn't for me. <laughs> but but to build off what you said, JJ, I, I, I would love it if he's uh, a member of the Knights of Ren. I was pretty disappointed uh, when the Knights of Ren weren't brought up in The Last Jedi, that that was something that was totally ignored. Because I, I think that is a, a... I don't know. It's just a cool part of the, of the Kylo Ren mythos that I want to see explored. Um, so I think it would be awesome if that that's who Matt Smith is playing, if he's playing one of the uh, the other Knights of Ren, and, and he's one of uh, Luke's uh, former Padawans who went to the dark side. I'd be stoked on that. Yeah, because there's just so many questions for me around that group of people. It's, you know, are the Knights of Ren purely Padawans that left Luke's school? Are they also a combination of Force-sensitive uh, users that Snoke gathered? Are they people from the unknown regions? Like, we never really got a a clear definition on who they are, where they come from, and we have no idea where they are. Did Kylo murder them all so he was the only one left? Are they off in the unknown regions? Are they doing other things for the First Order? Like, you know, they could be anywhere. So I I feel like they're so interesting that it would be crazy if Abrams didn't utilize them in the final film. I think it's obvious that each of their first names starts with a letter, so it spells out knights. So Kylo is the K, and then the the rest of the the characters. So we'll just spell out knights, and then they'll all have the last name of Ren. It'll be Kylo, Nathan, Ian, Garrett, Han, and Theodore. You got that really fast. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely struggled with the H. I should have gone with Henry. But I'm... It's Hugo, actually. Yeah, there we go. Hugo Ren. Yeah. <laughs> um. So besides Balf, um, the Clone Wars Resistance, we got John Favreau's yet unnamed live action. Which man, talk about pressure to succeed. I feel like it's going to be even harder with that. Yeah, but it's John Favreau. Um, I mean, the guy launched. He he kind of sort of launched the MCU. I mean, he did the first two Iron Man movies, didn't he? Yes, he did indeed. So I mean, I think if there's a guy you want to have launch your TV series, it, it's it's him. I mean, he obviously knows how to lay the foundation of a universe, so he's he's perfect for it. Um, I I don't know. I just hope it it. I just hope it's good. Like that's, I know that's like a, a an obvious assumption to make, but I just I just want it to be good. I don't want this to be this like crappy B movie looking TV series. I just hope they they give it the attention it deserves. And if I remember reading correctly, the the budget they want to give it it's a hundred million. Yeah, that was the, that's Holy the confirmed crap. budget for the show. And you know they can throw all these unknowns in there because that's typically what they do with Star Wars. And people 
eat it up and they can pay those people nothing because it's going to be like oh who wants to be in star wars the entire world's going to raise their hands and you'll and and this is exclusively for their new streaming service and so you know that they are pushing this streaming service hard and they need this show to be good and i i can see them like yes i i really i like john favreau as well but i can see the higher ups like being really critical of this show trying to make the best show possible too definitely definitely well hopefully it gets the results um so let's i think this is a good place to to close this out um so i'm gonna ask you guys two questions to end us here uh the first one is what are you reading or watching or just whatever for star wars content right now and the second one is what standalone star wars film would you like to see made (laughs) I know, I know your answer, Connor, but I've got my answer ready to go for that one. All right, go ahead. Okay, so what I'm reading and watching, um, I am currently catching up on Doctor Afra. I mentioned that uh, it's one of my favorite ongoing series right now. Uh, basically, reading all the Star Wars comics, so that answer is kind of uh, everything. Um, watching, I actually started rewatching the prequels because I realized it's been a long time since I've watched the prequels and. I still assert that the Phantom Menace is not as bad as we remember it. It's not. It's not good. Don't get me wrong. It's not good, but it's really not that. It's bad. it's clearly not as bad as Attack of the Clones. I hundred percent agree because Attack of the Clones has has sand and and I hate sand. It's so smooth here. <laughs> it's atta- Attack of the Clones' biggest. You are in my very Attack soul. Attack of the Clones' biggest flaw is that it's just boring. It is. It's just the dialogue is so bad. Two thirds of the movie is just unbearably bad. But then, like, what saves Attack of the Clones is that one third of it that isn't bad is pretty damn good. Like everything with Obi Wan when it's just Obi Wan is pretty. <laughs> you just you just yeah. skipping. <laughs> Where, where's Obi Wan? <laughs> if, if you just only watch the Obi Wan scenes, it's a pretty enjoyable movie. It's also only like a twenty five minute movie. But it's a good movie. I hope, I hope you're listening, Disney, because Star Wars fans collectively will storm the walls of your Orlando palace and destroy you if you don't cast Ewan McGregor. Which which is a perfect segue into the standalone movie that I want to see. Uh, I think every Star Wars fan wants to see the Obi-Wan movie, but as I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, I am dying to see a Dr. Aphra movie. Uh, I, I think she's perfect for not only the Star Wars franchise, but the the cultural climate we exist in right now. She is incredibly entertaining. She's funny. She operates in this gray area. She's not necessarily good. She's not really bad. She just she's she's her own character. I think she's perfect. I would I would be just I, I can't even put into words how excited I would be if there was a Doctor Aphra standalone movie. I think I think that's the perfect way to go right now. Uh, I think Chloe Bennett from Agents of Shield would be a perfect Doctor Afra. Just thrown out. Oh, good choice. I love Chloe Bennett. Very good choice. She's great. She's great. So I just, uh, yeah. If if you want to hear my full thoughts on why Doctor Afra would be the perfect standalone movie right now, go to aiptcomics.com. I wrote a full article about it. Just search Doctor Afra. You'll find it. So yeah, Doctor Afra standalone movie. That's what I want. All, All right, right, Jim. What are you ingesting, and what is your film what you am want? I ingesting. Um, 
pizza? No. Uh, <laughs> so, like I said, I uh, I have read almost all of the comics, books, and video games that Star Wars has ever produced, and trying to read every Star Wars story ever made. And there were some things that I had missed. And so while trying to keep up with canon, I'm also trying to go back and finish some of those. And so my current reading is on the essential novel, or the essential books that had come out in the late 90s and 2000s. And right now I'm reading The Essential Chronology. And not the new Essential Chronology. This is the Essential Chronology, which came out right after Episode 1. And it reminds me how many of the Legends stories were just bad. And I love Legends, but there's just so much bad mixed into that, <laughs> that, that, uh, that, the, the stories. It's like, wow, really? They went there? I don't remember that. And so I'm, I'm finishing that up. I'm also trying to read uh, the Adventure Journals by West End Games. I had never actually read those when they came out. Uh, hyperspace. Um, hyper, Star Wars Hyperspace, which was their pay website, did post a lot of the stories from there. But there were some that never got reposted. And so I'm going through those. And that's mostly what I'm uh, ingesting of Star Wars at the moment. My My standalone movie that I would like... Probably, I don't know if it would be a standalone, though. I want to see, go back in time. Go back to the Knights of the Old Republic time, because that's some of my favorite stories. I love Tales of the Jedi comics. I love the Legends comics, the Knights of the Old Republic comics. The the Knights of the Old Republic video game is my favorite Star Wars video game. I'd love to see them take that stuff and make like a trilogy of movies from that. Yeah, I'd do like a Darth Raven movie. I'd be all in on that. Revan. Revan Darth Raven is something completely different. I lose you guys? Actually, um, Raven Simone yes. takes oh, over the Sith Order. God damn it. Very dark fanfic that you can find on Tumblr. So, JJ, what uh, Star Wars content are you um, taking in? What books... TV, movies, or uh, what have you? And what's your standalone movie of choice? So my girlfriend has never watched the prequels, um, and she's never watched all the films in sequential order. So uh, we don't really get to hang out too much during the week. So um, over the weekends, we've been watching um, all the films, starting with the prequels, including uh, the standalone films. We're going to watch Solo out of order, I know, I know, uh, when it comes out next week. I just today, after trying to get this for, I don't know, a year, um, Funko put the Smuggler's Bounty box back on sale. Um, so it's it's basically like a loot crate, except it doesn't suck. I really don't like it. Really don't like Loot Crate. Oh, um, I, but yeah, I was a member of the uh, Smuggler's Bounty for the first two years, and I stopped because it sucked. Oh well, I can't wait now. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, you didn't ask my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I looked at the last few boxes, and they looked really cool. So I'm excited to try it out. Um, at the very least, it's Star Wars stuff I can give my girlfriend and friends. Um, yeah, a, so we'll I, see how that goes. I gave away almost all of the stuff I got except for the 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 pops. Yeah, I have quite a few of those too. 
but we'll see what happens. I'm staying positive. Um, I just, I read Thrawn Alliances last month when it came out, like Jim, and I've been reading uh, the Darth Vader comics. I want to read the rest, but just too busy, man. Got too much stuff going on. Reading too many other things at the same time, too. Got a graphic novel I read at night, a book I'm reading on the train, comics I read on my break. It's just, there's not enough hours in the day. Um, and my standalone comic, excuse me, my standalone film that I'd really like to see would be um, Kira and Maul and um, Voss, Dryden Voss. Um, that whole group, um, Crimson Sun, like I would love to see more of that criminal underworld, like involve some bounty hunters, involve some huts, like give us a story about Kira and Maul and that organization and Voss. Like I, I just find that whole period of three years between her and Han reuniting, like very interesting. I want to know more about that. Uh, so I think that would be super cool. I think it would be a good way for, um, Star Wars to dive into that kind of like dirty bounty hunter world that we've heard them supposedly wanting to do. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much what's on my plate right now. Um, but I think that's a good place to stop, uh, for our first episode. So, uh, everyone that listened to us, thank you. We really appreciate it. Um, we'll be on the iTunes store um, under podcasts as well as Google Play under Star Wars in Poor Taste. You can also find us at adventuresinpoortaste.com, where, as we said at the beginning of the episode, we do a lot more than just Star Wars. We talk about all sorts of things within the nerd culture. Um, Jim, Connor, anywhere you want fans to be able to find you online and hear your thoughts. Yeah, you could find me on Twitter at Jazinator, J-A-Z-I-N-A-T-O-R, or my web personal website's dinojim.com, or my Star Wars website is uh, uh, starwarstimelinealmanac.com. Yeah, and for me, just uh, follow me on Twitter, where I scream about comics and comic book movies and Star Wars and hockey. When hockey's in season, I complain about my fantasy football team. That's uh, at Connor with a K. K-O-N-N-O-R-1277. Um, or just read the site and read the stuff I do because uh, we need them clicks. We do. We need them clicks. Um, yeah, please do check out the site. Lots of Star Wars comics being reviewed there. Um, lots of news being posted about upcoming shows, films, castings, reviews, trailers, the works. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at hey, it's JJ Travers. Uh, so thank you again, everyone, for listening. We will be back. Uh, we're thinking around three month, three weeks to a month interval right now. That could shorten. It could lengthen. We're just not sure. So uh, we will be posting about it on the AIPT Comics Twitter homepage and Instagram to let you know. Um, so thank you very much for staying with us for our inaugural episode, and we will see you later. <laughs>